All right, good morning, church. Welcome to our service today. Hopefully you've had a good week and you're here today on purpose and ready to worship our Lord. We'll start by singing two songs this morning.
Heavenly Father, thank you today, Lord, for the fact that we know that it's you that our help comes from. We are thankful for you, Lord. We're thankful for your presence with us in our lives daily, no matter what we go through. Lord, we pray that you be with the sermon this morning with Pastor Scott. He brings your word. God, may our hearts be attentive, and God, may our worship be acceptable in your sight. In Christ's name, amen. That's an amen. It's great to be here this morning as we get to come together and get around God's word, God's people. I don't know if you know this, but as a believer, you become part of the, the spiritual family. We are God's people. So uh, help your horns are ready this morning as uh, you get a chance to. That's your way of saying amen or being in agreement. I want to start with some encouragement today. Now, if you've been a member of our church for any length of time, you, I'm about to hold something up, you will recognize it. If you recognize what I'm about to hold up, I want you to honk your horn in an amen. Who recognizes that? All right. So those of you that don't know, this is uh, something that was made by Curly Miller. Uh, that name goes back uh, decades at this point now. And out of, out of uh, Popsicle Sticks, which... Story goes, he ate all the popsicles to make the to, to, get, to be able to have the sticks. He would cut a piece of wood, and if you have the right eyes, you will be able to see between the sticks the letters J E S U S. Obviously, the name of Jesus. Well, Curly Miller passed years ago, but what he did, he was making these, and he started to date them and number them. So as uh, over the years, we've seen them, over the decades, we've seen them in different locations, like at hospitals and different places like that. And uh, this one here was actually bought at a yard sale by Lori Prem, and it still continues on. So if you want the full story, check with Lori. I don't know where she bought it at, but she paid a dime for it. And we're going to be giving this, Lori will be giving this uh, back to Betty. Of course, uh, Curly is, is uh, Betty Jones's father. And this one here was number 1,240, 1,240 that he's given out. And I know there's more than that. But uh, also the date is March 23rd, 1998, 22 years 
a ministry of this name is being proclaimed somewhere. And it's been amazing to watch something as simple as this, something as simple as uh, finding a way of getting that name out there has been an encouragement. It's been a reminder. It's been convicting. It's been all kinds of different things to different people. So this one is, uh, I think it's great that even though he's no longer with us, years ago he passed, the ministry, his name, more importantly, Christ's name still continues on. So if you have one of these, cherish it, put it in a prominent place, and hopefully after all these years you can actually read what it says. There's still some people that can't quite get there. But uh, we are grateful to be here today uh, as we gather together. I want you to know we want to say thank you to a lot of people that make this possible. And every week we see Brad and Rick and everybody running behind the scenes we are, again, this week on the radio, 87.9. If you didn't get that memo, you can turn on the radio and you can hear it as well. But there's also other things that go on. I want to uh, at least give a quick shout out to say thank you to them. But I was reminded that what we do as believers, we do as unto the Lord, not to me, not, to, not for recognition. So uh, families come up, they cleaned a couple more islands so the islands look cleaner. We want to say thank you, and Chad Trago was up here yesterday with a pressure washer, and uh, he cleaned a lot of things that if I were to point out, you would say, yeah, I see it now, but it's overlooked. Those are what I call thankless jobs. There's a lot of thankless jobs that go on here that uh, people do, but you do it as unto the Lord, so thank you for that, and that makes it a more enjoyable worship time for us as well. So, Today, as we open our Bibles, I want to be clear on something, because as we take our lives, and when we're living our lives each day, not knowing what the next moment will bring, we look for that foundation. And I've had people over the, the past several weeks, I've seen it on Facebook a little bit, that says, what, what part of Revelation are we in right now? What part of Revelation are we in? I've been asked that as well. And the short answer is this. We're in the same part of Revelation as we were prior to this pandemic, prior to our chaos in our country and in our world. What is next on the prophetic event is something known as the rapture. So if you're excited about the rapture today, I would encourage you to give me an amen. You should be excited about the rapture. Now, today is not going to be a day where I teach it per se. Maybe I do. We're going to see what happens as I start uh, proclaiming the word this morning. I want today, my desire today is to reach out through this microphone, to reach out through Facebook, to reach through your radios, to reach to anybody that will hear, to heed this warning, to don't be left behind. Don't be left behind. That is a cry. It is a burden to think that some people in this, that because they refuse God or because they're, they're playing with faith are going to be left behind. So for, we're going to look at three portions of Scripture, and I want to make that appeal once again to preach it and simply share. I think next week I'll teach the rapture a little bit more detailed. Our church believes in the pre-tribulation. The rapture will be before the tribulation. This is the next thing to happen in a prophetic calendar 
as it outlined as it is outlined in God's word. Part of God equipping the believer is letting us know what will happen in the future. Now listen, you may think that uh, you may have in your mind the picture of the guy on a busy street corner looking crazy and homeless holding the sign saying the end is near. Or you may think of uh, a, a pastor up here saying the end is near and then they plan for the next 50 years as if it, it's just something that's not going to happen. The rapture of the church is imminent. It will happen. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem in our hearts and in our minds. When's it going to happen? Listen, I've been in this I've, I've been in this a while now, and I've heard everything from it's going to happen this year, it's going to happen in my lifetime, to don't worry about it, just don't even think about it. I've heard, I've heard a broad spectrum, yet the Bible tells us to encourage each other with these words. So turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 through 18. There's really three portions of Scripture that speak to the rapture today. Uh, there's, there's more, but there's three major, and this is the one I want you to look at. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 will be there. We'll touch John chapter 14. In fact, let's do John 14 first. Can we do that? And then we'll go to 1 Thessalonians. So John 14, tucked away in John 14, it may catch you off guard because we hear John 14, your mind... If you're a believer and familiar with Scripture, we'll go automatically to verse 6, right? And we think sometimes we look at verses 1 through 5 as a setup for verse 6. And, and maybe even we look at the, how Thomas's dialogue, it's all, it's all a setup. It's not. I want you to see something because uh, the central three, theme of prophecy for the believer is Christ coming for his own, known as the rapture. The, the, the catching up. I know it's crazy talk. I know that. That's okay. Be crazy with me. Let's believe what the Bible says. We know enough about how God has worked in the past to get a glimpse of how he's going to work in the future. You know, every promise that he has promised in the Old Testament that we've seen come true gives us no reason to doubt what he says in the future will not come true. Oh, no, we must believe with our whole heart well, in, first, in John chapter 14, I want you to be reminded that the one single purpose of the rapture is to take the church to heaven. The rapture is not mentioned in the Old Testament and was first revealed right here in John 14. The first glimpse they get of this thing called the rapture. Now, we're going to read other portions of scripture about the rapture. And he says, I, I know I'm speaking to a mystery it doesn't mean that we in 2020 are still in this mystery. It was a mystery to them because it was only revealed in parts. We now have the completed word of God. We get the bigger picture. So a mystery will be solved today. But look in John chapter 14 with me. This is the first glimpse of the rapture. And this is the night before his crucifixion that he shares this. So we know his public ministry lasted about three years. And he says in verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. And that's a theme that he had echoed and echoed and echoed to them. I am my father one. Look what he says in verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. You know what I love about Christ and his words? 
He will not lie. He can't lie. He will not. He said, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Okay, you see it? Now, so far, we're like, yeah, that's all warm and fuzzy. Verse 3, he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. We get to be with him. They were going to be able to be with him. He was about to leave. He was going to prepare a place. I don't know if you've caught this before, but this really stood out to me because I've always read that kind of just getting to verse 6. And verse 6 is a great verse. He is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody is coming to the Father. Nobody's coming to the Father's dwelling place but through him, his death, his burial, his resurrection. But I want you to catch that in verse 3. That was the first glimpse they got of Christ's teaching and saying, this, I'm going to go prepare a place and I'm going to come and take you with me. It's just a glimpse. Now I want you to turn to the first Thessalonian text, chapter 4. There's a sobering thought that's going to happen when we get to the other text in 1 Corinthians. I'll, it's a little bit more dramatic because it's a real live event that's going to happen that will, it will be very dramatic, traumatic, and excited a, a, a celebration all at the same time. So turn with me to uh, First Th Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Okay, so Christ just gave them a glimpse prior to. Paul is writing, and remember when you're reading this, several times when Paul is writing in his letters, he, you're hearing he's answering questions or concerns sometimes, and you're only hearing one part, one side of the conversation. Have you ever been walking by somebody in the parking lot and they think their they're Bluetooth's on, they got their phone on, it's coming through the car speakers, they got the AC on, and you can hear every word they're saying as you're walking into the store, right? You hear, but you're all, that way you get to hear both sides of the conversation. But if you hear somebody just on the phone like this, you're only hearing one side of the conversation. Paul here is giving a one, you're only hearing one side of that conversation. But look what he says in verse 13. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, that doesn't mean stupid. It means I don't, I don't want you to be lacking the information that you need. And by the way, we know that First Thessalonica, he had told the church of Thessalonica, uh, we know that he told them something about the rapture in part. We know that from, from cross-referencing. They had more questions. Look what their questions, you could tell by the answer what their questions were. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So he's saying, I, I, I'm going to give you the information that you need about those that have passed. What, why would they be concerned about those that have passed? Because in their day and age, in their time, they were expecting, watching, and waiting for the rapture. Question for you, Christian. Question for you, believer. When was the last time you had your bags packed by your front door waiting on the rapture? When was the last time you're waiting for this event to happen? A lot of conviction as I say that. I've taken the rapture and just thought, well, it's going to happen when it happens. We can look forward to that moment. Why? Why is that? Well, Curly's sign will come in for more than one use this morning. 
Why is that? Why can we look forward to it? Because it's our hope. He says, uh, brother, concerning those, we, you know where you're going. You know that this event's going to happen. But their question is, what about those that have passed? What about the curlies of this world that have already passed? Are, how's that work? Are they going to miss it? Was their concern? He says, I'm going to address that to those that have fallen asleep. Now, asleep, that's a euphemism. I, I love the fact that the Bible doesn't really say dead when it's speaking to believers. It does, but not directly. It doesn't use the word dead because a believer, listen, has a living hope. Has a, First Peter says we have a living hope. That's a good spot for an amen right there. You have a living hope today. So when we hear that word sleep, it's a, uh, it's a symbolism of those that have already passed. Why is it not fair to say that they were dead? Because if you're a believer, though you once were dead, you've been transformed. You're no longer there to die in your sin, right? There is no condemn, condemnation to those who are in Christ, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So he's speaking to those. Do not be sorrowful, he says in verse 13, as others who have no hope. As others who have no hope. Listen, I've officiated a lot of funerals, a lot. You know, one thing I've noticed is that whether they have a proclamation of faith in Christ or not, whether they have a church home or not, everybody places the deceased in heaven. They, they just do. You can't imagine your loved one any other place. I, under, I get that. I felt that before. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And when we, we, why don't we do that? Because we don't want to think that there's no hope. We, we do not have to sorrow as others who have no hope. Believers, you have all the hope in the world. You got hope for today. You got hope for tomorrow. You got hope for the living. You got hope for the next step that's going to come. You have hope for eternity. You have hope in the power of prayer. And on, I could just go. Now, our problem is we forget to live it out. Live it out. So in verse 14, he says, For if we believe that Christ died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Uh, when I've uh, been to the hills of Kentucky, a lot of times the grave sites will say, asleep with Jesus. Right on the, right on the tombstone. Asleep with The first time I saw that, I, it, it threw me off. I, I didn't catch that. And the more I, I saw it in the Bible, I started kind of understanding it. There's hope there even on the headstone. Look what it says in verse 14. If we believe that Christ died and rose again, do you believe? He says that we believe it. Even so, God will bring those who are asleep for those who did believe is what verse 14 saying. They will be captured up or caught up is what the word rapture means. Uh, they will be caught up as well. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who sleep. They're not going to be left out. They were concerned that they were going to be left out. They're not going to be left out. In fact, you're going to see in a moment more directly what happens. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. By the way, how did Jesus go to heaven? He ascended in Acts. Remember, he ascended to heaven. And it says here in verse 16 that he, the Lord himself, Christ, will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise 
first. They got their question answered. Listen, if you, if you lost a loved one, odds are everybody in here has been touched by death. You've been, you've been touched. Somebody in your family, somebody you know, somebody dear to you has passed. Now think about this. You, you, you should be able to feel this verse a little bit right here. As Christ calls out, he's calling out to those who believed and are believing. Look what it says that the dead in Christ will rise first. What's that look like? What's the, I, don't, I don't know what that looks like. I can't paint a picture for you. Some people say that, well, the graves will be coming up. It'll be literal. It'll be, it'll be, you'll be able to see it. And all of a sudden, uh, all these things will be happening. I can't paint that picture. I do not know. Verse 17, then we, the dead in Christ will rise first. By the way, I know a guy um, that... I don't know that he still does it, but I, odds are he does. His wife had passed. He'd been married for decades. Every morning he goes to the cemetery, to her, to her headstone. He says, because if the rapture happens, I want to be right with her when we go. Isn't that beautiful? That's real live. That's a dude in Eastgate doing that. That's not some made-up story. That's real live. In fact, the guy lives very close to me. That is encouraging when I heard that. At first you may hear that and think, well, that's kind of, that's bizarre. That's, that's scripture, right? He says, uh, so he says, the dead in Christ will rise first, right? Verse 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Notice with them, with Christ and them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We will meet him in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Look at somebody and say always. Always always, always be with the Lord from that point on. Let me tell you something. As a genuine believer, you're with him now. You're with him now. We have the barrier of sin. We have the barrier of flesh that we don't always embrace that relationship. We have the barrier of our own desires, our pride. But here, what is happening, we can't go to heaven until we have a heavenly body. The transformation has to happen. Paul describes the scene as, as the Lord coming bodily from heaven to the air, to the air, and the earth is, uh, is trumpeting. The, the, there's a trumpet call and a signal for the Christians who have died to be resurrected. We, we follow right behind. They will meet in the air and fulfill the prophecy of John chapter 14, verse 2 and verse 3. It will, it will be fulfilled at that point. Now, we can talk about it. There's a lot of questions you may be having right now. Bring them on. Not right now. Ask away. Email me. Text me. Send, I don't care how you... Bring the questions. We're good with that. Today, I want to send out a call. I want to send out an appeal to you. And it's this. Don't miss it. Don't miss the rapture. Don't be left behind. When the rapture happens, there's going to be a lot of people missing really fast. Really fast. Don't be left behind. If you're teetering on that faith line, don't be left behind. 
all of a sudden, once that happens, and by the way, the Bible says it's in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to hit that in 1 Corinthians here in a moment. That fast, your life is going to be changed forever. In the twinkling of an eye, and there's going to be, it's going to be too late at that time. There's not going to be a pause button. There's not going to be, okay, let me digest this. I have to take a moment and, and think this through. It's over. Do not miss the rapture. Do not miss. Now, you may be thinking right now, if you're on Facebook and thinking, well, there's that pastor. I'm watching him, and he's just fear-mongering. He's just trying to get, get fear drummed up, and, and you want people to, to, to understand this Jesus thing so that they don't miss the rapture. That's the wrong reason. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. He wants them. He's trying to scare them into heaven and out of hell. Yes. Yes. But there's certain things that are going to happen. It's out of my control anyways. The Holy Spirit is going to convict your heart. The word is going to be applied to your heart. I can't do those things. It is a deadly eternity to be separated from God. It's deadly. It's, it, it's painful. It hurts. You may think, that's an old-timey message. Why are you preaching it? Because it's in the Bible. It, it, it preaches hard and condemnation to some, but it preaches joy and excitement to others. Pastor Rick and I was sharing this the other day, uh, this morning, a little bit, how that we have held the line here at Cross Point Baptist Church. We, we've stayed true to the word, and we're watching people be drawn into the word in 2020. You go through times when you feel like uh, the church is kind of shrinking. Think, why is it like this in the 80s? Church is done differently. There's been people that suggested to churches how to do church, that they're gimmicks and programs. You can't do gimmicks and programs right now. All you have is the word of God right now. We don't have the ability to have a, all these different events. The ministry is way, way, way bigger than programs, way bigger than events. Those are good, but only if it leads to here. So today, as we think about the rapture, we're, we're calling out to you, don't be left behind. Look at what it says in verse 18. Therefore, therefore, because of all that, Christian, because of all that, believer, comfort one another with these words. Get excited about the rapture and share it. Now, plan for tomorrow. I'm definitely not saying don't plan. But the event is imminent. It's going to happen. It will happen. You will be raptured out or you will not. There's, there's, no, there's no middle ground. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn there with me. We'll pick up in verse 51 as this is the third, really kind of, we'll call it the major text of the rapture, okay? And it gives us a glimpse more into what we're talking about here. Watch how quickly, watch how ramped up this scripture reads and perhaps even how ramped up I get. I don't know. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. He said, by the way, verse 50 is also telling us where it says, Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's the second time we've heard that this summer. Uh, Jesus told that to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You ain't going to make it in and of yourself. 
you are not going to have God's presence in your life in and of yourself. Something has to happen. Why? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. He's getting us ready to inherit the incorruptible. So verse 51, look, look at how it reads. It says, behold, I tell you a mystery. See, it was a mystery to them. They had it in part. They didn't have it in whole. We have way more of the picture than they did. You know, in, actually in 1 Thessalonians, they were afraid that some of them maybe even missed it, is one commentary wrote, it, wrote about. So it says, behold, I tell you a mystery, something that you do not know. We shall not all sleep there's that euphemism for for death for the christian but we shall all be changed can't you wait to be changed it's exciting to think about the change that can happen to us not just physically but no longer to battle the sins of our heart the sin of our mind the temptation of our mind he says now verse 52 look he says in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. I know it's crazy talk to the world. I know it. This is just crazy talk from an old, outdated, dusty book. I know it. Follow me. Let's believe it anyways. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the, the trump will sound and the dead in Christ will rise incorruptible, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. Now we're, our bodies will be suitable for the presence of God. Verse 53, where uh, it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. We can't be in his presence the way we are. So let me take a moment now and address a couple points and then put out a plea to you. Because the single purpose of the rapture is to take the church from earth to heaven. That's the purpose. There's more to come, but that's the next event to happen. The New Testament indicates that the rapture is different from the second coming of Christ. That may be where the questions come. Bring it on. We'll, 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 we'll dissect that one either next week or privately, but this is not the second coming of Christ. Why? The rapture is a movement it's a movement from earth to heaven in the second coming. Christ is bringing those with him from heaven to earth. Second point of that is the doctrine of the rapture. It's really a simple one. There are prophecies, re prophecies regarding the rapture that make no mention of angels or attending hosts. They make no mention of judgment on the earth that is to follow. But in the second coming, that's all you hear about angels and these uh, attending hosts and com it's a complex event the raptures are really a simple one the second coming is complex you can read all about that in revelation chapter 11 through 16 it will take over many many hours but the rapture happens when like that in the twinkling of an eye we shall be changed i think the most interesting point is the last one that the passage concerning the rapture in preceding events it's never mentioned there's there's nothing the preceding events the only thing we know about it is the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation there's nothing that's holding it back 
The imminent nature of the rapture not only confronts individuals that do not know Christ. That's all it does. It, it confronts, and time is winding down. It's why I, I do not know when it's going to happen. Time is winding down. But can I tell you something? As I look at our world right now, when I look at Revelation and, and the things that are going to happen, man, I sure can see some things lining up. I sure can see some things getting ready for the second coming Christ, the, 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 the tribulation. I sure can see things getting ready for it. All of a sudden, we have a, a coin shortage. You're going to have to round up. I noticed that the stores never want you to round down. They always want you to round up. And they want you to give that extra, right? And all of a sudden, what, we're, 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 we see the path now for one currency. We see the path now for a cashless society. Many people don't even carry cash anymore. We, we sure can see the stage being set now. We can see it. I don't know when it's going to happen. We can see the stage being set for what? For one economy? How about this? For one government? I really thought, as I looked over history, I really thought the U.N. was going to be it. This is going to be, the U.N. is going to be the thing that, that's going to usher in the one world economies. And that, I mean, let's start rapture practice now. I thought that was it. But, man, we sure can see different elements being lined up. Something bigger than us is controlling us, meaning a, a, a people. We can sure can see uh, rumors of wars, and there are will be wars. We can see hunger, and we can see all the things that's been indicators and prophesied about. We can see it all being lined up. That's not the doom and gloom I want to share with you. Those are just indicators from the Bible that calls out to the non-believer today. Don't be left behind. Something to think about when the rapture happens. There's going to be a lot of people that are left here that are not going to be able to defend for themselves, to do for themselves. Think about this. When the rapture happens, there's going to be a lot of people that can't even get out of their apartment now, can't even get out of their hospital bed now, and then the rapture happens. That's heartbreaking. I think I know some people that will be in that situation. But the alternative to that is to share, watch this, you don't even have to go straight to the gospel. Share the rapture with them. You may be thinking, you're just saying that to get them to believe what you want them to believe. You're scaring them into it. Yes. The Bible's given us warning after warning after warning of what's going to happen. It's not made up fear. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the devil, too. It's a fearful thing to be left on this earth with no hope. It's a great day to have discussion about the rapture. It's a beautiful day. But I'm calling out to the unbeliever today or the person who's teetering. Because once it happens, decisions, the decisions, there's no time for a decision. The decision's been made. You're making your life decision right now when you're on this time on earth as it is. The rapture also calls out to the believer. It calls out. What will you be doing 
when the rapture happens. Now, if I knew when it was going to happen, I could give you a heads up. I have no idea when it's going to happen. What will you be doing when actual Christ, we meet him in the air? Will there be an embarrassment? It will be joyful. This portion of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a portion that I share at funeral services, mainly at grave sites. And I reserve this scripture for those that I feel extremely confident in that have had a walk with Jesus Christ. Notice I didn't say believes in. I said a walk with Jesus Christ. Because when people have a belief, they kind of can walk away from it sometimes. But when someone's walking with Christ, it makes these scriptures that I read over their casket even come that much more alive. It's so hopeful because it's not the end. I was at a funeral once. Uh, attending a funeral and the pastor got up and he read this portion of scripture and he read it like this I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye the last trump and the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed that's how he read that portion of scripture over the body of a believer pastor Roger was with me when we got alone, I said, Pastor Roger, I am the pastor at this church now. If you ever read that scripture, that monotone over that saint like that, I will thump you upside the head. This is a portion of scripture that you read with excitement for someone who's walking with Christ because it's their reality. This is how that scripture reads. It reads like this. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Let's get excited about that today. Let's get excited about that. We're not going to be stuck on this earth in this state forever. Verse 51, uh, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise. The last trump will sound. And, and, and when the dead in Christ will rise, incorruptible. All this junk is over. All the dirt, all the sin, it's over. We get a new body prepared for heaven. Come on. What are we waiting on? Why, why don't know why we're waiting what are we waiting? What's holding us? What's holding it up? You got to read this with the hope that is in there. Yes, there's times to sit back and contemplate and read it deep. I get that. But when people are hurting, this is a portion of scripture you can read because it's a reality for that person. Listen, I've said this before. I'm going to share it again. When I'm dead and gone, when it, over my casket or ever how I go, whatever happens, or if the rat, whatever. Do not doubt where I'm going. Do not doubt it. Do not say, well, he preached it. Well, I guess I'm telling you right now, I am going to be in heaven. I am going to be there. Not because I'm good. Not because I made everybody happy and everybody smile. I am going to be in heaven because not because of what I did, the opposite of what I did because of what he did. Placing your life in the hands of Jesus Christ. That right there is what places you in heaven. Do not doubt where I'm going to be. You may think, well, I've seen Pastor Scott do this and that. I've seen him cut his grass with his shirt off. That was my biggest sin, Dan. Cutting my grass with my shirt off. Listen, that, pff, all that work stuff, push it aside. 
I will never be good enough. It took something better. It took something more permanent. It took something more purer than Scott Land to place Scott Land in the presence of a holy God. It took Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and not even fully understanding it all. Way back when I said, my life, boom, his life, here. I trade my life for his. That's what places an individual in the presence of God. It places an individual out of hell into heaven. It places the individual in the rapture, if that were to happen, what will happen, it will place them in the presence of our creator. Don't doubt it. Do you doubt your salvation today? Are you having to review it? Are you having to rethink it? Pick it up. Dust it off. Think about your testimony. But don't be left behind. You may have family members right now, right now, a spouse, children, parents. I remember teenagers crying for their parents because they said they, they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. They don't want nothing to do with God, and they're not going to be in heaven. Teenagers crying for their parents burden for their soul this thought of the rapture has convicted me over the week it 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 restored a burden for souls in me a little bit a lot of bit there's people dying all around us there's people that are lost and confused you can see it in their faces please do not sit around and wait wait for god to do something like some theologies teach he tells us to be proactive. Pastor Rock, uh, Rick shared that this morning. He teaches us to be proactive with the message. He'll take it from there. Live it, share it. He'll take it from there, but he tells us to be proactive. Don't be left behind. Tonight, um, I'm going to have Pastor Rick put on our Facebook page a video by DC, DC Talk. It's I didn't want to do it this morning, decided to wait, let the scripture find its way to your hearts, your homes, and then play this video tonight. The song's called, I Wish We Had All Been Ready, because that song describes what we just shared out of scripture today, that when it happens, it's over. Now, other things will happen here, and it's going to be hell on earth. But once that moment has passed, once that twinkling of an eye has passed, you can't change your mind. It'll be too late. Make sure it's not too late for you. Be proactive with this word. Be proactive with living out the message. Proactive with living out the gospel. Don't wait. We need to be proactive so that others will hear this good news and let God take it from there. Let the Holy Spirit take it from there. It takes the pressure off. 1 Thessalonians, the very last verse that we read, said this. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Be encouraged today, Christian. Be encouraged today, member of Cross Point Baptist Church. Thank you for being here. The many cars excites me. But more importantly, that we live this out is what matters. It doesn't matter if there's three cars or, or 100. We got to stay true to the word. We will stay true to the word. So encourage each other and be proactive. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that?
Dear Lord, again, we thank you for, for loving us and for being patient, so patient. In a hypothetical world, dear Lord, we are grateful the rapture didn't happen some time ago because we may not have been included at one point or that the rapture didn't happen some time ago because we have loved ones. We got to get this shirt up. We got to get this shirt up. Find your way into our hearts, into our lives today. Thank you for the smiles of Cross Point Baptist Church, the encouragement that we have by being here today. Just seeing each other, there's strength in our gathering. There's strength in the church. If anyone has questions, Lord, draw them to your word. Draw them here, and we will discuss, open your word the best we know how, and share you. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If um, many of you will have gotten your Crosspoint encouragement cards, um, last week we handed them out. Some of you got them through the mail. Uh, if you weren't here last week, I didn't want to wait too long. And the last pack I have in my hand, it says Dr. Charles Jones on it. That's the last pack I have. So, uh, doctor, do not leave until you get your cards. Uh, Pastor Rick, is there any announcements I need to share? Nope. We'll be remote on Wednesday night once again for our uh, Facebook Live. And uh, if you want to invite us, we're still have a, we have a, we'll be glad to accept. That's what we'll leave it at. All right, church, you are dismissed.